The Chad Cobbick Podcast Network. Two Angry Men. A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player and a legendary sports broadcaster. Two Angry Men. And now here's your hosts, Chad Cobbick and Denny McLean. All right, uh, grab the women and children, put them in a safe place because the angry men are back on the air again. How are you doing, everybody? Copic in Chicago. Doing fine. Everybody here is doing good. How are you doing? Well, you know what? Uh, not to complain the world, but hey, you know what? We got lots of topicality, lots of great things to talk about tonight. We have LeBron James in Cleveland, basketball player par excellence, wants to retire every 23 that ever existed, for heaven's sakes. Also, talking out a lot about playing football. For the Cleveland Browns, uh, Denny, if I'm a Nike, for example, and I'm paying LeBron uh, a king's ransom to endorse my gym shoes, my first reaction to uh, LeBron James is, uh, with all due respect, Mr. James, shut your freaking mouth. No, I don't. I, I disagree with that. I think uh, they would love to see him put on a football uniform. Then, of course, they would do. You remember the old commercials that Bo does football, Do Bo oh, does yeah. baseball, Do Bo does basketball. I mean, you almost got the making of another Bo Jackson uh, commercial, um, but except this time it would be LeBron. But, but I suspect the difference here is this. LeBron is becoming a legend in his own mind. He's starting to say stupid, silly things. Um, you know, he wants to retire all the 23s because of Michael Jordan. I'm not sure if that's true. Number two, um, he wants to become this football player. I got news for you. Those guys who play, and I, I know they only play once a week versus baseball six or seven days a week and basketball three or four times a week. But you know what? Go put that helmet on, LeBron, and then find out how many times you get your bell rung the first weekend. Just working out. Forget the games. I'll guarantee you something. If you put him out on that practice field with the Cleveland Browns football team, he won't get up after he gets hit one or two times. He will not get up, and if he does get up, he'll never come back because that's not a game with guys doing a 4-4, 375 pounds, that you ever want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And on a, on a practice field, LeBron would look like lunch meat eventually I, I, and very quickly. Here is the uh, problem that I have with um, LeBron wanting all the uh, 23s to be uh, retired in uh, perpetuity, if you will. What about Bill Russell? Yep. What about Oscar Robertson? What about what about Jerry West, for example? What about John Havlicek? Uh, what, why why should Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, have twenty three retired? Why why shouldn't why shouldn't Larry Bird have thirty three retired? I mean, explain this well, thing to me. This was just self serving. Kiss Michael's ass because Michael was in the stands that night and he was going to put a show on for Michael and because apparently at the post game press conference he never mentioned it again are you aware of that yeah yeah he makes this big ado about this and then never mentions it again so it was all dog and pony michael was there which he wanted to kiss the king's ring and and what have you or i hope he stopped at the ring and um you know it, listen these guys go nuts I'm, I, it's it's all they've all become legends now in their own mind and it doesn't make any difference if you hear any kind of an interview today let's talk about athletes in general for just a minute Chet. athletes in general today you listen to them do an interview at the end of a game or during a game or whatever the hell they're doing it if you take the word i out of their vocabularies they're speechless i have never in my life heard there's no more team with individual efforts. They all individually think that they are making the difference. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's ever one thing that's true, 
There is a T in team, and there's no I in team. And these guys are missing the boat. The egos, I think, are out of control right now. All right. Uh, my all pathetic uh, award of the week goes to uh, the National Football League, which, as you well know, Denny, basically succeeds in spite of itself because of the uh, lure of gambling. you got sure. Fudd Adams. He's 86 years old. He's been around the game since he uh, uh, brought the Houston Oilers into the fold of the old American Football League in 1960. He's with his ball club in Buffalo, and, and they win a ball game. The Tennessee Titans win a ball game. They're now a lofty 3-6. and six. He's, uh, he's getting jabbed by fans all afternoon. So at the end of the ball game, he flips him the bird. Now, now here is a league where players use their helmets in spearing-like fashion all the time, use their helmets as lethal weapons, get fined ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Can you explain to me why this octogenarian should be fined, hello, $250,000? I'd have find a jerk off twenty million if I could. Listen, he's he's eighty six. He's supposed to set a tone. The older you get, the more mature you're supposed to become. You don't have to jump on the well, fans. Then what happened way, to us? In case you don't know it, those <laughs> fans all paid to get in that uh, auditorium so this billionaire could make more money. I mean, I get so tired of these guys doing what they're doing. I mean, the owners and you're right, Chet. There's one thing you're right about. If it wasn't for gambling, there would be no NF. L. But you know what? Here we got a guy, 86, he's a little senile probably, and classless. I mean, listen, how about all of the 7- and 8-year-olds that are at the game? How about all the 7- and 8- and 10-year-olds that saw all of this conduct shown on every television station in America the last couple of days? Don't we set some kind of a tone? Do we set any kind of a standard for our young kids? These guys don't realize it, Chad. Well, well now... children looking at this. Now I'm going to blow your theory straight to hell. Because sure. all those 7- and 8-year-olds who were sitting in Buffalo when Bud Adams flipped the bird... Denny, if they've been sitting there for a full four quarters, they have heard they have heard vocabulary fit yep. for um, uh, a dungeon. They they've heard the f word. They've heard every word imaginable. So Bud Adams flipping the bird. Most of the seven year olds, first of all, have no idea what the hell it means. Well, I, I disagree with you. I think our seven-year-olds are more like 17 today. But, you know, somebody has to set the tone. Somebody has to set a standard. And if and if an 86-year-old man can't act like a gentleman to the fans, no matter if they're his fans or somebody else's fans, I think the ball has really swung a long way from center, and somebody has to do it. But 250 is not enough. $2 million, $10 million, $20 million, oh, that's oh. what that's what would be a good number. For heaven's For sakes. You know, why Why don't we give them the death penalty? Okay. Come on. Listen, I if, if uh, President Obama, and he certainly isn't going to do this, if he ever puts his death committee together, I nominate uh, this owner uh, to be first. <laughs> I mean, that was classless. Let's talk about something else that's really classless. We have, at one time, uh, the, the world's greatest coach, according to him, Rich Rodriguez, up here at the University of Michigan. Yeah. Folks... Listen, this guy can't beat himself. Uh, the only teams he's beaten are uh, Z-League teams, and he barely beats those uh, until he gets to the second half. He came into the richest program in major college football and has totally, with his ineptness and stupidity, has destroyed the program once again. On top of that, there's all kinds of rumors flying now that the kids have quit on him. They don't like the way he's running things. They don't like the way he addresses them. They don't like the way he's doing any of these other things either. And Rich Rodriguez should get on his horse, 
go back to where he came from, except they're going to shoot him if he ever goes home. You know, he left. He, you know, how do you leave a national championship? How do you leave a school that you took all the way to the pinnacle? The school that you went to, isn't that the absolute unbelievable declaration and definition of where you want to be in your life to go back to the place that it all started at, where you played, you did your thing? Wouldn't you like to be the head coach there? I, I, you'd give your left woo-woo for it. Well, you know, part of what Rich Rod is dealing with right now is the uh, Charlie Weiss fiasco at Notre Dame. When you oh, get right it's down terrible. To it. yes. and, and, and mind you, keep in mind that uh, Michigan stole a ball game from Weiss and Notre Dame when 4CA, their quarterback, made a big play down the stretch. Otherwise, Rodriguez's record would be just uh, beyond abysmal. It's already abysmal. It would then be beyond abysmal. The problem well, with Weiss you. at Notre Dame is very, very simple. Danny, I can tell you this right now. The players... Do not play for this guy. They universally do not like him. He is uh, about as lovable as uh, as cancer of the brain. And I predict right here and now that two days after the regular season, that would be Stanford a week from uh, Saturday out in Palo Alto, Notre Dame will announce that Charlie Weiss has been relieved of his duties. And the collective sigh of relief from the Notre Dame nation will feel like uh, 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 Hurricane Katrina coming across our continent. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, he should have gone last year. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this. Let me tell you what the, you know, the, the, the guys that are inside here, some of the bigger sportscasters here in Detroit, started talking about if Michigan this weekend gets beat up real bad by Ohio State, Rodriguez will get fired Saturday night. Nothing could be better for the Michigan football program than to get rid of him at this point in time. I'm telling you, he has destroyed it. They don't want to play for him, according to all these people. And his disdain and his arrogance. Listen, when you're, you know, when you've only won a couple of ball games all year long, how the hell can you still stand up at that lectern and be so damn arrogant? And everything's a joke to him. He laughs and giggles and juggles at everything that they ask him. You know, well, you know, I'm not out there. You know, these guys, they got to do this. They got to do this. He doesn't take any responsibility for anything. And I thought at least head coaches. In today's day and times, we're at least doing that. But you know what? I'm wrong again, and you, big fella, are right again. Because these coaches, who become bigger than legends in their own mind, uh, just absolutely, once they start faltering and peeping it all over themselves, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to react, and, of course, it just becomes a bigger farce at this point in time because this is one of the worst we've ever seen up here. Hey, Big Mac, uh, you know this uh, like the back of your hand, as do I. People will sit there and say, well, oh, you can't fire Rodriguez. Look at the dough on the table. You can't fire Charlie Weiss. Look at the money that uh, Notre Dame would have to pay out. The endowment at Michigan is probably $3 billion. Probably. The endowment at Notre Dame is probably 3 4 $5 billion. Money doesn't mean a damn thing in these decisions. No, it doesn't. It's, Let it's me also say this to you. One, you know, he's already been caught at fudging paperwork and not doing the paperwork up here. There are forms that these kids are supposed to have filed or the athletic department is supposed to file. The head coach is supposed to make sure that these forms get filed every week, every month, at how many hours the kids are on the football field versus in school. Rich Rodriguez conveniently forgot how to do that during the summer months. He, he overlooked it. He forgot about it. Today it was corrected up here. But you know what? 
Rodriguez had nothing to say about it. What a surprise. Now, listen, we had a big Cy Young Award winner yesterday in the American League, Grinky from Kansas City. And I will tell you, um, I don't agree with the polling every year and the voting, but this kid really deserved it. He truly, truly is the best major league pitcher that baseball has to offer right now. Best pure left-hander, I'll say that. He's right-handed. No, he's left-handed. Grinky from Kansas City? Yeah. Oh, come on, you're smoking that shit again. I'm only kidding you, for heaven's sakes. Oh, okay. He is the best pitcher in the American League. Yeah, he is. Even though, but, surprisingly enough, of all, team, of all teams this year, you want to know the team that owned him? The White Ooh. Sox. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, listen, they didn't own many. Maybe they can take some claim there, but, uh, man, the White, what are they going to do with the White Sox? I, I have no idea. And I, and I think that the, game that your manager plays and continues to play with his little dog and pony. And I like him, by the way. Don't misunderstand me. But isn't it time for it's him to move He's gotten tired. Huh? Yeah, Denny, it's gotten real tired, as far as I'm concerned. It's you know, time for him Ozzie, to move Ozzie on. taking on this guy. Ozzie taking on that guy. Uh, the American League is against us. Major League Baseball is against us. I hate the Cubs. I hate Wrigley Field. You know what? It's, it's fun after about three years. It's gotten to a point in time now where I'm telling you, especially with the veteran ball players on that club, even the youngsters. If you talk to these guys off the record, the message, in one ear, out the other, Ozzy, it's been a nice run. You won the bundle in 2005. If Jerry Reinsdorf had any common sense, he would go to Ozzy right now and say, Ozzy, you know what? Here, here's a couple of bucks. Take a year off. Go relax. Come back as a bench coach or come back as a manager. But believe me, the White Sox go nowhere under Ozzy Guillen. Well, let me ask you this. I don't know how he keeps his job uh, because I think he handles pitching very, very badly. But does he have pictures of Reinsdorf with an animal or something? Is oh, that you why know, he it's, keeps his it's job? It's just incredible. I mean, Reinsdorf deifies this guy. He yeah. idolizes him, for heaven's sakes. I don't I mean, understand it, Chet. I mean, sooner or later, you got to draw the window and say, no more, guys. You, you just can't keep doing this. Well, Danny, uh, mind you, you know, when, he, uh, uh, when, when Hawk Harrelson had that one-year abortion, as general manager of the White Sox back in 86, and he fired Tony La Russa. Yeah. Reinsdorf has put La Russa in business deals over the years that have made him a multimillionaire. Once okay. you're one of Jerry's guys, not unlike, you know, George Hallis, who always gets criticized for being the cheapest guy on the planet. Once sure. you are one of Jerry Reinsdorf's guys, if he, if he takes a liking to you, you're going to be a very wealthy man. But you know what? Let me just talk to Reinsdorf as a good owner then, because if he's taking care of guys, he's the exception to the rule today. There aren't a lot of owners, and I, I, I will demonstrate here in Detroit. I mean, we got a horrible owner here right now uh, who doesn't care about anything from the past. I've always told you this, and I say this to anybody's listening. When an owner buys a baseball team, he also has a major responsibility to maintain the past. This guy, Illich, has just decided to forget about the past. Yeah, he's got a couple, four or five guys. Willie, Ho Willie Horton, who's, who's being paid to be there. Why is he being paid to be there? Because he's a black kid from Detroit. Al Kaline, of course, that's a, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you gotta have Kaline on your staff or the whole city will ask, well, why isn't Kaline doing something with the Tigers? But the bottom line is, he's a lousy owner. He, and, and right now, we're going through hell here because they're trying to get rid of everybody. I've never seen an organization before in my life like the Tigers right now. They're trying to get rid of everybody but keep everybody. This is going to be some debacle by the time this winter season's over with, and I am just so anxious to see what the hell comes out playing first base next year uh, because, man, we've got a disaster up here, and it's only going to get worse. Should I uh, buy the talk making the rounds right now, and it's gravitated down here to Chicago that uh, 
Curtis Granderson, the brilliant young Tigers center fielder, because of payroll reasons, the Dombrowski under orders from Mike Illich might move Granderson because, Denny, I am crazy about this kid. Well, let me, let, let's not jump off the bridge. Let me say something to you. Um, I don't believe Granderson will ever be a very, a, a real good hitter. I think he's going to be a 250, 260 guy. I think he plays adequately in center field. I think he's been overrated as an outfielder. Yeah, he's an Illinois kid and I'm pulling for him like hell. But the bottom line is, I, I think he's been overrated. He struck out like a thousand times this year. Um, <laughs> You know, and next year could be 2,000. The guy can't touch left-handed pitchers. He's got no concept of how to hang in there against a left-handed pitcher. And as far as his defensive ability, listen, he plays kind of oddly. He either plays real deep or real shallow. And uh, that's the reason why it appears. But I'll tell you something else he does. He's one of these guys that's into the dog and pony show, as I call it. Oh, he man. loves to slide on his belly or his knees to make plays. And by the way, a couple times this year, sliding in center field trying to catch a ball, the ball went over his head. Excuse <laughs> me. Excuse me. Uh, you know, you're supposed to catch that ball with two hands. And a couple of times this year, listen, one time it almost hit him right in the coconut. So, uh, you know, I, and every time I see the replay of that every once in a while, I remind myself of Reggie Jackson. Remember when Jackson got hit with the fly ball in the, in the sure. head the, during the playoffs or something? Sure. I mean, that's still one of the greatest moments of my lifetime. I can see the uh, headline right now, opening day of spring training in the uh, Detroit uh, Free Press. Uh, Granderson goal. To avoid 2,000 strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you, Chet, Chet, I, I, God is my judge. I'm telling you, this kid, if he gets up enough, could strike out a 1,000 times in a year. That's how bad of a swing he has and why they don't work with him. I'm sure they've tried, but they've got to change his entire fundamental uh, uh, positioning up there for him to start hitting the ball. Listen, he runs real well. Put the ball in play. You don't, You know, he hit 30 home runs, and he thinks he's Babe Ruth. And, and and that's the worst thing that can happen to a 249 hitter is that he hit a bunch of home runs. And you know what? 70% of them meant exactly nothing. So, um, you know, they got to reevaluate everybody at this ball club. I don't think – I think Granderson will be the guy that goes eventually. You know, if, let me tell you, if it was up to me, you're not, you, you won't believe what I'm going to tell you. Um, if it was up to me and I really wanted to go out and get myself some players – I would trade our ace pitcher, our right-hander. I really would because he uh, over the last you three or four Verlander? years. You would trade Huh? Yeah, Verlander. I, I'm telling you, over the last three or four years, I don't think he's learned anything about pitching. And sooner or later, when you lose that fastball and you haven't learned how to pitch by then, you in deep poo-poo, buddy, and that poo-poo going down your leg. Well, speaking of that poo-poo, we're going to yep, be back in poop. seven days once again with two angry men with uh, the pride and joy of uh, Mount Carmel High School in Chicago, now proudly living up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, my good friend. And by the way, there will never be another 30-game winner. We are talking, you are enjoying baseball's last 30-game winner, Denny McLean, along with yours truly, Chet Kopik. We'll catch you in seven days. And uh, by the way, hey, Denny, in closing, props to uh, Brady Quinn for uh, uh, getting fined by the National Football League for throwing a chop block at uh, the Ravens' uh, Terrell Suggs. Two things emerge. He should have got an award. Two hey, things emerge on this. One, as a quarterback, you never throw a block. And number two, any quarterback who throws a chop block, in my opinion, should get the bronze star. I think he almost threw as many blocks Sundays as he did interceptions. 
boy, you got a dandy game on Sunday. <laughs> Lions, Browns at Ford Field. Oh, what, what do you, you have? Seventy-four thousand tickets available. Do you, do you realize? Do you realize this game Sunday, the the Cleveland Browns and Detroit Lions. Honest to God, folks, by halftime, if the Lions are behind, by the way, at halftime, there will be about five thousand people in that ballpark because the people would be pathetic. But the good news is Cleveland can't beat themselves. So we got a hell of a shot of at least tying somebody Sunday. McLean, Kopic, we'll see you in seven days. So long, everybody. Have a good week, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.